From Relay FM and live from Memphis, Tennessee. This is Connected, episode 104. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, FreshBooks, and Pingdom. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined across the table by a man whose voice is not joining me, uh, but he is here, <laughs> Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? You sound so sound so healthy today. Uh, I have a laryngitis, and so this is better than it was on Monday when y'all got here. I could only whisper. So I'm improving, but it's still pretty bad. Yeah, this is a good idea that we ran the show a little bit later on this week, because earlier this week, there would have been no show. It would have just been me monologuing for 90 <laughs> minutes. We, we were talking about, is it a connected when it's only one host because connected can happen if any two of us are available but if it's you and somebody else it's a different podcast (laughs) yeah we joked about just splitting upgrade in half like recording for two hours splitting it in half and putting them both out but i'm glad we're here because today uh, august 18th is the second anniversary slash birthday um, of our company relay fm so congratulations to you. Congratulations to you. Oh, thank you so much. You're so kind. <laughs> and uh, Google has helped us. They have helped us celebrate today by allowing us to use Google Docs again because we can now ask the question and get the answer we need. Is Google Docs updated for split screen on iOS 9? It is. So we went back into this document yesterday to prepare our notes. And the last time we were in here was episode 77. <laughs> And we're now 104. So we have stayed away for a while and we are back. And I've got to say, like, I know it's taken them a long time. I'm still really annoyed about it. But I'm already more productive on my iPad because I can use Sheets and Docs split screen. Especially Sheets because I'd found things and we'd found things to replace Docs in some cases. We talked about Paper last week. We spoke about Quip in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was even a chance that I was just going to start using collaborative Apple Notes at some point. Yeah. Um, so we'd found things to replace that, but the stuff that we use Google Sheets for, like spreadsheet collaboration... There's nothing else. No, th- anything that there is, it's trying to be something else, right. like Airtable, which is really great for what Airtable does, but Airtable's more of a database than sure. a spreadsheet, and we just needed stuff that we could keep running totals and lists of things that could be calculated, and there was really nothing else that could do it as well, so... Google Sheets is now updated and it makes me super happy. Me and too. I'm already, honestly, like within a day, I was more productive. Like putting this document together today, we have an IFTTT action that searches hashtags. So we were using um, the Relay QA hashtags later on in the show today. We're going to be doing some question and answer about Relay FM because of our anniversary birthday. Uh, and I was able to have sheets on one side, docs on the other, and just very quickly copy and paste them. Mm-hmm. When I do that for like upgrade, because we do the Ask Upgrade every week, that we use that action as well. It searches the IFTGT, puts them into a sheet. I'm copying them, like alt-tabbing, pasting, alt-tabbing, copying. Like, yeah, It was just frustrating. It's not. It doesn't take that much longer to do, but it's just frustrating. And you do it several times a week. Yeah. It's, so, it's, so I'm just really happy that, that's, that we got it now so we can finally go back to it. Agreed. Um, it's, it's good news. It's, you know, it took a long time, but I, I got to hand it to them. It works pretty well. There's no... At least I haven't seen maybe you have any weirdness. Nope. Like some apps kind of get like Instapaper does this where if you like change the width, the text doesn't reflow correctly. And is it, they seem to have gotten it right. So. I feel like I know why it's taken them as long as it has because they're using some custom UI and some custom engine to do a lot of this stuff. Yeah, no doubt. But I still don't forgive the the fact that it's taken them a year to do it because it's Google. It's they're one of the biggest companies in the world. You got people. They should have been able to put the engineering effort into this. But it's back again. And uh, at least iOS 10 doesn't bring any features yet, <laughs> which are like this important, right? Um, like fundamentally. So, hooray! Um, I want to provide a correction, some follow up about the Logitech case. Uh, I got the weights wrong. Um, the the Logitech case is 0.9 pounds, not 1.5 pounds. So it's a bit big difference. Um, this actually brings it into slightly under the weight of the MacBook when you put the Logitech Create 9.7 with the iPad Pro, so it makes it just under. Um, it's still heavier than I would like it to be. Uh, I don't know why I got these weight, weights wrong. I, I actually think the Logitech website wasn't updated correctly because hmm. I copied and pasted the information, so I, <laughs> I, don't really, you know, I don't know what to do. I think it's they actually put the weight of the, the bigger one. I think, I think probably so. Um, and it is bulky, so I've been, I've been using it a little bit on your iPad. It definitely adds more weight and thickness to the iPad than I, than I want initially, mm-hmm. but um, 
it's not as bad as I, I was afraid it would be because that that twelve point nine one is so bulky. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a good job at it. it. It is no bigger than it really needs to be. Yep. Um, and the keyboard, I mean, it's just amazing. So it's bulkier, it's heavier. Uh, the springboard crashes were fixed after an iOS beta update. Yes, I actually think that they uh, Apple fixed the bug affecting this keyboard. So, um, well, it, it was on the smart keyboard as well. Yeah. So any anything over the smart connector seemed to make springboard. Um, Need to take a little nap. <laughs> but I'm keeping it. And I'm keeping my iPad in it all the time because wow. I love this keyboard so much. I brought it with me on this trip, decided to give it a real good go. And the weight is a trade-off. It is less uh, less convenient mm-hmm. and less portable because of this. But the keyboard is so fantastic. And the backlighting, I absolutely love. Um, so I'm going to keep it. Like So on the plane, I was reading, and I just popped it out of the case and just put the case down and was just holding the iPad in my hands, and it was fine. Um, I've been watching video by having it just like sit in the keyboard orientation or just having it on my lap watching video. The thing is way more stable when on my lap, which is really good. Um, and the keyboard is a joy to use, and I love all of the functions, keys. I love that I have brightness. I love that I have volume controls and all that stuff just on there. Um, I'm yeah, I really love it. Um, but whilst we're on keyboards, I actually have one more keyboard thing to talk about. Okay, which is the Razer mechanical keyboard. Yes. So we spoke about this weeks ago. Correct. Austin Evans, the YouTuber whose video we linked to previously, he sent me his because <laughs> he didn't want it, and he heard us talk about it, and he decided to send it to me. And I hate it so much. I hate this product. I have no <laughs> other way to say it. It's huge. Everything's way too big. Like. Because it's it's like a huge laptop. Like it it feels bigger than like a 13 inch MacBook Pro for some reason. Like it's just huge. Um, I can't comfortably use it on my lap because you have the big base of the keyboard, and then like the stand comes off the end. So when I put it on my lap, the stand is hanging over my knees, which is not good. Um, you need so much space for it. I think the keys are horrible. Like I don't know if maybe I don't know what mechanical keys are supposed to feel like, but these feel spongy to me. Uh, my guess is that they set out to make the world's thinnest mechanical keyboard in name, and maybe it's so thin you're not getting a lot of the benefits of an actual mechanical keyboard. Like what Jason types on, you got springs and buckles and yep. metal, and this thing seems to be trading some of that away. Um and I haven't typed on it. You didn't bring it. Um, no, uh, it would you would need another suitcase to bring it. It sounds like it's so big, but yeah, it seems like it, maybe it's just not for um, not for everyone. But the the Logitech that you like um, was a big hit on the Verge. Walt Mossberg really seems to like it. It's getting good reviews elsewhere. So it seems like if you don't want this smart keyboard, which is polarizing to a degree, right? It's using those those stainless steel dome caps. The it's covered in fabric. It's kind of weird. If that's a little too far away from what you want, it really sounds like the Logitech is the way to go at this point. Yeah, I completely agree. Like this, this Razer one is is crazy, and I know they're different products, different devices, but I think that probably even the Logitech Create for twelve point nine is would be better. Like I even felt like the keys don't feel even. Like when I press them, they seem to like move down one side more than the other. I'm sure that's fine. And the stand that's on the back, the little kickstand. It doesn't sit flush to the case. It mm. like is angled off the case, which okay. is just terrible. Yeah. The open keyboard button is where the right arrow key should be. So every time I press the right key, what I think is going to be the right keyboard button, the software keyboard <laughs> pops up. Everything is terrible about this product. I, I hate it. So, But thanks, Austin, for sending me it. <laughs> now I don't know what to do with it. Uh, so up next today, let's um, address a question from Max. So Max wrote in and said, I wonder how do you store important private documents like bank statements on your iPads and iOS devices. Uh, On my Mac, I use an encrypted disk image, but I would like to move to a more mobile, maybe iCloud-based approach. Stephen, what do you do? So, really, I have two levels. So, stuff that I just need to reference, I actually save in 1Password. So, 1Password, you can save documents within your encrypted 1Password volume, if you will. Now, where that breaks down is that that's not a document provider. So things that have in there, like take an example, like I have PDFs of the wills that my wife and I have. Mm-hmm. That's not a document that I'm ever editing, right? I need it as reference at some point. I need to know that it's secure. But it's not a what I would call like a living document. I'm not going in and out of it. Everything else lives on Dropbox. Now, I do have two-factor authentication turned on for Dropbox. So you need my password, which is a one-password generated password, and you need... 
um, my phone. It's not completely bulletproof, right? And if you really need super sensitive information, maybe that's not enough. But I feel like for me, it is. Um, And so I don't know, maybe Max's stuff is more sensitive than mine is, and and he's not willing to use Dropbox or iCloud like that. As far as I know, and if if the listeners know of something, please get in touch because we want to help Max out. As far as I know from looking around, there's not really anything on iOS like what he's doing on the Mac, where you have an encrypted disk image that you once you eject the volume, it's just a bundle and, and no one can get into it. So I don't really know the answer, but for me, one password for like static storage of, you know, like I have scans of our passports in there, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Dropbox with, with two-factor authentication feels like enough for me at least. I don't do anything like this. Like I either keep stuff in Dropbox, which is secured by my thumbprint and I mean on iOS, like a four-digit passcode, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, or it's being saved in one password. Like, But outside of that, I don't really have anything special that okay. I'm doing. But to be honest, like, I don't really keep a lot of that type of stuff right. on anything. Sure. Um, like, my bank statements are held at my bank. Yeah, so you're not downloading a lot of that no. locally to carry around. I mean, frankly, I've been doing a lot more of that recently with the house stuff, but I'm just keeping Dropbox folders because I then need to share those folders with Adina. So yeah, it's just all staying in Dropbox. That's a good point. That's another that's another angle of this where if you have something that is private but shared, then it's you, even you, more difficult. Yeah, so it's, it's tricky. So if anyone has any good suggestions from Max, please let us know. Yep. All right, let's take a break and thank our first sponsor for this week, and that is Squarespace. You can go to squarespace.com and they will be able to give you the simplest way for you to build, to anyone to create and build a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. You can start your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code WORLD at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. You'll be able to build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no coding experience required. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology to power your site to ensure security and stability and this is why they are trusted by millions of people around the world. They have 24-7 support with live chat and email, responsive design templates so your site will look great everywhere, a commerce platform to allow you to sell physical and digital goods, and rock-solid fast hosting. You can also dig into the code and tinker with Squarespace using their dev platform, and if you sign up for a Squarespace plan for a year or more, you will get a free domain name. Their plans start at just $8 a month. You can sign up for a free trial with no credit card today, and build your own website at squarespace.com. Then when you decide to sign up, use the offer code WORLD at checkout. You'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Connected. Thank you to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so there has been a whole slew of rumors about the next iPhone um, over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, whilst we know this stuff, it's all rumor, it's all conjecture, there are a couple of things in here that are interesting enough that I wanted to touch on them today. The main one being a blue iPhone. <laughs> now, th- I don't, I've never heard of iPhone in Canada. I've never heard of this site before. Um, but they purport to have a blue iPhone. I think this is the Plus model. It looks like the bigger model because it's got the dual camera setup. Um, and they have it in a bunch of arrangements. Now, they've taken a bunch of photos of it. It looks like it's working. Uh, it looks like it's uh, it's set to Chinese or something um, at the moment in, in, in the shots that they've taken. Uh, it shows the phone looking in all of the ways that we expected. The antenna lines are where the leaks have expected. The double grill um, with no headphone jack is what we expected. And then the kind of the layout for the dual camera is matching a lot of the case leaks that we've seen. So let's just assume this is real for the sake of this discussion. Okay. What do you think of the blue iPhone? I I like the blue a lot. You know, we've spoken a lot over time about having options in the iPhone line. Jason has talked a lot about this as well, that for a long time it was just black or silver. And then they added gold and now they've added rose gold. And so to have a fifth option, uh, you know, we're getting to a point where if this is true, there actually are a lot of options and colors for the iPhone. As far as this particular phone, I really like this blue. And I think it would be nice to offset the gold and rose gold with something um, a little bit a little bit darker. Again, like this has the black cover glass on the front, which I like. I don't really don't care for the white glass above and below the screen. I think I'm in the minority there. 
but it'd be nice to have another darker option. And uh, I think it looks great. And I think if it's real, it's definitely something that I would be tempted by having carrying space gray phones for a long time. It'd be nice to have another option. So one of the things that I find weird about these leaks, though, is the fact that the front of it is black. Why would they do that? Like, history has shown, and I know things can change, but every color gets white. And it's just interesting to me that they would put the blue with the black. I don't know why they would do that. Um, clearly, the white sells well, which is why every other color is white. Uh, but I'm I'm cool with that because I haven't had a black iPhone in a bit. Uh, I'm looking forward to maybe getting this blue because I like it. I think it looks really nice. Um, I was probably going to go rose gold for my next iPhone, but I may go blue just because it's different and it looks looks pretty cool. And it, and it's a way to signify you have a new iPhone if the design stays more or less the same. So that's one of the reasons I think they're doing a new color um, is because the new color shows the new iPhone. They did it with the rose gold, right? They brought the rose gold out for the S because it shows the new phone. It's just it's just a visual way when the phone isn't changing to show that you have a new phone. So I reckon that they're pro- I'm I'm pretty confident they're going to do this because as well the colors that they've added gold and rose gold traditionally skew more feminine um than and I so I think that they may go with a blue to try and balance that out a little bit more. Now, I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily the case for everyone. Like, I know that, I mean, I have a gold iPad. I want a rose gold phone. But I think that they're just going with the trends. I think maybe more guys would buy the blue one over the pink one because that just tends to be how our brains are wired to work by mass media. We don't need to get into that discussion. Uh, But I think that they may be going with blue as just a a different color. Uh, I would like to see it maybe be a bit brighter. Like I just want more vivid color in in my devices these days. But um, I think this is really cool. But this isn't the only only rumor. It's the only thing that comes out over the last couple of days. There's also a discussion about what devices we're going to see. A lot of the earlier rumors were hinting towards there being an iPhone Pro. And there being then three devices. So you have the regular 7, then the 7 Plus, I assume it's called the 7, and then the 7 Pro. And some of the case leaks that we'd seen showed an iPhone Plus size with a smart connector on it. Right. But now 9 to 5 Mac is saying that that won't be happening. So here's my question. Will there be no third iPhone, or will there be no iPhone with a smart connector on it? My guess is that Pro and Smart Connector are kind of linked and so if we don't see a Pro model, we won't see a smart connector on the iPhone. And I had a lot of questions about that anyways. Like, what would you be using a smart connector for on an iPhone? Like, are they going to ship a really tiny keyboard? Uh, or are they going to ship, like, some other adorable tiny thing? I thought maybe, like, battery case, speaker case. Like, they might go down the route that, like... like the modular thing. Like, LG is doing it with the G5. Uh, the the Moto one, yeah, the Droid uh, Force or Z or something. Yeah. One, of, one of those has it now. I don't. I think that's really trendy. I don't see Apple going down that I road don't either. But, but like, it's like where, what could you do with it? And like, there's some things you could do sure. with it. But I think it's that's a little bit too fiddly. I agree. Um, so I don't, you know. But I mean, you look at it right now. The Pro doesn't really have a lot of stuff that it does. They only needed essentially one idea for what a smart connector could do, and it would have been enough. Enough, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think we'll see the 7. A tiny pencil would have been cute. Tiny pencil. And we'll see the 7 Plus with this dual camera set up. Um, so, assuming this is this is accurate, regular phone and then the Plus, are you going to stay in the Plus Club? Of course I am. And I can't wait for all of the people that begrudgingly join us when this dual camera thing is only on the Plus. <laughs> yeah. And it, Plus Plus Club is going to get a resurgence later on this year. I'm so I'm so excited. I'm just so happy to see people like Jason and Gruber like begrudgingly move over to the Plus Club. Yeah. After you know trying to put it down for so long. Yeah. Well, you know, Mike was right. Lives on. Yes, forever. And let's talk about their headphone jack for a moment, right? Okay. What we'd seen and what a lot of people thought we'd see is we'll get a second speaker. And all of the parts leaks, including the, the renders that we've seen and the, the device that we've maybe seen with the blue one, shows two speaker grills, parallel speaker grills. Right. So seeing that would hint second speaker. However, Apple Insider has got some schematics from somewhere which suggest that that is purely cosmetic. The microphone is sitting behind that speaker grill. 
<laughs> Apple. <laughs> that makes me sad. I I am now firmly in the camp of believing that they are removing the headphone jack now because the next phone that they're going to be working on, this iPhone 10-year anniversary iPhone, is going to be the one with a brand new design. It's, it might go the, the route that John Gruber spoke about with the edge-to-edge or glass, right? And, and the capacitive home button, like the false-touch home button embedded in the display or something, because they may be moving to this false-touch home button for a reason that doesn't make any sense right now. I think that they are doing a bunch of these things to this phone to set up the next one, because they don't want all of the headlines on the next phone to be Apple removes the headphone jack. And that's a super like, and a lot of people have a fundamental issue with me saying this yeah. because they have a view of Apple which is perfection. Well, I don't know. I mean, sure, some people do. My problem with it is, is that Apple still ship a product this year that people but it doesn't need to sell. They can't. They can't sacrifice. But they're not sacrificing it because they're still removing it anyway, right? The, the headphone. If the headphone jack was ever gonna. Yeah, I mean, completely I mean, sacrifice it. They were always going to do it, and there are people will buy this phone regardless. It doesn't matter right. what they and, do, and that's that's where the word sacrifice comes in. Like, if a lot of people skip this one for some reason, which would be stupid, right? So, say that you don't buy this iPhone because of the headphone jack. Well, you're not, it's not coming back, right? Apple is yeah. never you're not going to force their, their their hand to put the headphone right. Back. Really, what I mean by that is that they would create something that wasn't as good as it could be on its own. And and really, I the the headphone jack thing aside, really where that gets me is this second speaker because this is a feature that not only are all their competitors doing, all the flagship Android phones have a, have two speaker systems and they all sound good. Or just look at the iPad; they're already doing this on iOS they devices. Have four in those. <laughs> yeah, and so if you're going to take the opportunity to redesign the bottom of the phone, yes, you do have to deal with putting the microphone somewhere. And maybe it doesn't work if it's in the same, you know, very small space as the speaker for for some reason. But I would I would have expected seeing this design that we would see two speakers. And I would say I think people who see it will expect it too. And and so, if you yes. go back to the original iPhone design and all the way up through I think the five or whenever they changed it, for a long time the bottom of the phone was symmetrical. You had the input, you know, the 30-pin dot connector, and you had a grill on either side. And a lot of people assumed both were speakers because it looked that way. And now they're going to go back to that, and they're still not going to be doing it. It's a little frustrating. Um, I would like my iPhone to be louder. I like the speaker to be better. Yep. I, like a lot of people, I think like you, use just the iPhone speaker to listen to podcasts a bunch. Well, I use the iPad speakers now because they're so good. Yeah, but it'd be nice if the iPhone could be better, and oh, yeah, it seems like definitely. it's not going to be... This time around, that's a little disappointing. But um, so I don't think they're going to stand on stage and say there's a second speaker, right? I don't think that they're going to say they've added a second speaker. I, I think, think they, they're going to lie, but well, I think no, they're they, creating they a design that is deceptive and is deceptive on purpose. A, a little bit, and I, I think that if there was a second speaker, they'd make a big deal out of it. Yeah, but there won't be. There won't be. Um, but it's just a shame. I mean, it's just it's just a shame. I think, and I think I think one of the things that we're going to feel about this this i this iPhone is that. It's a shame, I think, will be something that we'll mention a bunch. Like, <laughs> it's a shame that it doesn't have a new design. It's a shame that it, that they've taken the headphone jack away. But I think if the camera is as good as it probably could be, I think that could be awesome. Yeah, you know, I think that um, it will be a period of adjustment for people. And, you know, for me personally, the only time I really use the headphone jack is while I work out and... Even in that scenario, my Bluetooth earbuds, which I own a pair, would be better. I just never remember to take them or charge them or anything. But for a lot of people who are using it in their cars, you know, hardwired in, there's going to be an adjustment. Or you got to buy a dongle to go from lightning to 3.5 millimeter. There, there will be adjustment period. Um, I think that it's a little early. Like if you look, when they dropped things like the floppy drive or the optical drive, they had really... Um, with the optical drive, in particular with the MacBook Air, they had a really good case for, hey, uh, we don't have to back up to DVDs. We have Time Machine. You don't need to watch movies on a disc. You can get them from iTunes. You can rent them from iTunes. It was in the same keynote. I don't know what that story is with the headphone jack. Bluetooth. But it's not, as, I don't think it's as good as a no as a, as a reason. No, so, it's not, but that's going to be the reason. So, like, the, this is the thing. Like, what you've, the, the story you've painted is, like, the way the presentation will go, but the, the like, the, 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 
implicit part in what you're saying is there was a good reason for it. But I don't think Bluetooth is, and, and I'm not alone in this, Bluetooth just isn't a good enough reason. So, like, I will not switch to Bluetooth headphones until... Like the the only route that I see myself switching to Bluetooth headphones is if I could get a pair of Bluetooth headphones that do quick charging via the lightning port on my phone. Because if I have Bluetooth headphones, I have battery anxiety constantly. Like when I leave the house with Bluetooth headphones, I have my earbuds in my pocket. Because I, well, if I'm out, I like to be able to listen to stuff. And if the battery dies, then there's nothing you can do because it charges by mini USB. Like, where am I going to do that? Right. And my hope is that, like, Apple create a new set of earphones that charge via the lightning port like the pencil does, right? Like, it has a little mail connector in there somewhere and you just unplug it, pop it in, and it charges. That would be awesome. Otherwise, I'm just going to stick to the probably lightning earbuds that they put in the box. Yeah. Because I think, the I think, battery stuff is just its just something I don't want to have to deal I, with. I think a lot of people would be there. And there, there, there was a report uh, Apple was working on like low power Bluetooth stuff. But the thing with Bluetooth, it's always going to be better next year. Like it's the promise every year. Yeah. And it is better than it used to be, but it's not good enough. And having a uh, headphone jack, there's no power draw, hardly at all. Whereas if you're streaming over Bluetooth, there's a, there's, it's noticeable. So Rosemary in the chat room has said that like she sees the battery level in notification center for a Bluetooth headphones, so it's not an issue. And I totally get that. Like It's possible to see the battery. I just don't want to have to think about another battery in my life. I have to think of the batteries of everything. I, yeah. My watch, yeah, the thing I put on my wrist, the computers that I use, the things that I have in my pocket. I don't want to also have to think about my headphones as another battery thing I have to worry about. Yeah. Like it having a battery in there, but me being able to just plug it in and quick charge it, that works perfectly for me. Yep. All right, we should probably get into some of our uh, Relay Q&A stuff. Uh, but before we do that, let me thank our second sponsor for this week, and that is the fine folk over at Pingdom. You can go to pingdom.com slash connected and get a 14-day free trial to start monitoring your websites and servers. And when you enter the offer code connected at checkout, you'll get 20% off your first invoice. Pingdom is focused on making the web faster and more reliable for everyone. And they do this by offering powerful and easy-to-use tools and services. Pingdom have more than 70 global test servers that will monitor your website for your availability of it, the performance of it, maybe your server, database, anything. It will be a breeze. They use these global test servers to emulate visits to your site from all around the world, checking its availability as often as every minute. And they do this because websites break all the time. Pingdom detects one in 400,000 outages on the web every day. And this is just of the, the websites that they look after. This isn't all of the websites, right? You, you, if you're not using Pingdom, are in the other camp. You're in the much larger number of sites that are going down and then people don't know what to do with them. And it's not even just these days about the whole website going down. Maybe you have a checkout functionality or you sell stuff. You have e-commerce or you have a contact form or there are specific like logins or search functionality on your website that could all break independently. Pingdom can monitor and manage and alert you about any of these. All you need to do is give Pingdom the URL that you wish to monitor, the little pieces of functionality you wish to monitor on your website, and if there's an outage, they will detect it and immediately alert you so you won't be caught out with your website being broken. You need Pingdom so you don't have to get tweets from people telling you that your website's down. We use Pingdom um, at RelayFM, and uh, I like the email that they send where they give you like the site speed over the last week yeah it's just a nice little cool thing it's like a little digest it's like hey here's how great your website was this week it's very nice go to pingdom.com slash connected check it out and you'll be the first to know when your site is down you'll get a 14 day free trial to start using it immediately and then when you decide to sign up for a plan use the code connected at checkout and you'll get 20% off thank you so much to pingdom for their support of this show and relay fm so mike you you bought something on your trip yeah, I got a tattoo yesterday. <laughs> I got a Relay FM focused tattoo. So um, it's a piece of artwork that we've used uh, at Relay Con on the badges that we had. And, and we're making some stickers of this, which will be available for sale soon. Um, and it is, in essence, the uh, simplest representation of our artwork. So it is a round rack with a circle in the middle, which is some kind of artwork entity. The two black lines are the 
name of the show, then the subtitle of the show, and then the triangle on the top left, which is where the Relay FM logo goes on our artwork. So this is basically our designer, uh, Frank. He has a template and like a grid system that he developed. And this is like if you take that grid system and just put something where the things need to go, this is the simplest representation of our artwork that you can have. And I didn't want to get the Relay FM logo tattooed on me. Uh, I just didn't want the logo. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that's just a bit much. It's a, a little weird. It, it just feels strange to me. Um, and also, our logo could change in the future, but our artwork is most likely going to always look like this because this is just how podcast artwork tends to be with like a yeah. piece of artwork and a name. Right. Um, and also, if we changed the artwork, style and it feels like that changing would be less of an effect than the company logo changing sure because this just symbolizes podcast to me like atp right they're not a real fm show but their artwork kind of looks like this right because yeah. a big circular thing in the middle with the name of the show underneath it yeah. like this just looks like podcast yeah they use me. an antique computer yeah on their artwork yeah it's uh one it should be one for, in your collection i, I think <laughs> so i'll put a link in the show notes so you can go and see my tattoo i took a picture of it last night and right now it's very rustly as I have saran wrap on my So arm. it's your it's your first one? It's my first tattoo. You, you got some catching up to do with me. It is actually my first. I already know my next one. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. And I mean, this the, the, my next tattoo It was an idea that I'd had a long time ago, but just never did it. And then I saw this artwork and immediately knew that this is what I needed. So now I have a Relay FM tattoo and I wanted mm-hmm. to do it whilst I was here in Memphis. I decided to do this a couple of months ago, but I wanted to do it whilst we were together and whilst we were celebrating our yeah. second anniversary. So now I have a Relay FM tattoo on my body. Yep. So today is two years from the launch of the network. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, per our tradition, we did this last year, and we did it at launch. We thought we would do some question and answer, which is really why I'm here today. You didn't need me for the first half of the show. I could be asleep. Yep. Uh, but we're going to do Q&A. If this goes south, you will just ask me yes and no questions. We'll, you would just, something. we'll do like a system of tapping on the desk to indicate yeah. yes or no. Um. So do you want to... Uh, Start working through these? I'm going to ask all the questions. That'd be really good. And then maybe you can give some answers. Okay, thank you. The first one comes from Rob, and Rob asked, what has been your favorite podcasting moment in the last year? So for me, the, the my favorite single moment was when I introduced Gray on stage at RelayCon. Yeah. Because it was a surprise that we'd been working on for a while, and we managed to keep it secret. So when I was able to call him up on stage, that was a really fun thing for me because it was very unexpected for the people there and also for the people listening. So I think for over the last year, that's probably been my, my favorite moment and also the thing that I was the most nervous about, <laughs> standing yeah. on stage and introducing him. Yeah, I think RelayCon for me is also the, the highlight of our year. We worked on it for a really long time. Uh, it was a lot of effort to to make it happen and... When we, you know, looked out in that crowd and the bar was full and there were people standing in the back and we had a wait list of hundreds of people we couldn't get in, it was a big success. Mm-hmm. And that that meant a lot to me, it meant a lot to the company, it meant a lot to both of us. And uh, by far, like hands down, probably in the two years, honestly, th- that event for me has been the highlight so far. Kathy asked, what goal do you have for year three that wasn't even on your mind until this year? So... Without going into too many details, some of the numbers that we aim for now from like an audience size and a financial size, they're numbers that I never could have imagined that we would have achieved. We've, you know, without trying to blow our own trumpets too much, we've been very successful over the last couple of years and we've built something that we're really proud of. And just some of the numbers that we're looking at, it doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense to me. And also like something that we've been talking about this week is thinking about me and Stephen getting some help some like administrative help as we're trying to like do more and things like that. It just doesn't, it just is mind blowing to me that we're now in a position where we're like a real company. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think for, for me, I think we have some ideas for shows and for, for projects, I'll call them projects that we would not have tackled a year ago that we're now talking about doing. Yeah, that's true. We, we are, not, we're trying to not have as many shows launched this year as the coming year as we did in the previous year, just because we, I think it gets to a certain point and we can't manage all of the shows as well as we would like if we had too many. But we have, we have a new project, very new, very early stage, 
that we were talking about over the last couple of days, which is ambitious, very ambitious. And if we were able to pull it off, I will be. It would have very much surprised last year's Mike. Like yeah. you wouldn't have <laughs> thought that this was the type of thing that we'd be able to do. So. Yeah, we've got that one. Zach asked, what iOS podcast clients do the Relay hosts prefer for day-to-day listening? Uh, I use Overcast. I know you use Overcast. Uh, I think on the whole, it's split between Overcast and Pocket Casts for everybody on the network. Um, I'm hoping Castro starts to bump in there. Uh, as, as I was talking about on Upgrade with Jason, I'm so close for Castro to me because there are just some things about this application which is so like fundamental to the way that I listen to podcasts. But... I need an iPad app. So we'll see what they do there. But yeah, it's mainly overcast and pocket cast right now. Parker wanted to know how we first met. Um, this is probably a story we've told a, a few times. and Online dating. Yep. Over, over history, I feel like I don't really remember it as well <laughs> anymore. Um, but I know that... I mean, I... I, I know. Okay. <clears throat> I, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. so... You you interviewed me on the Bro Show. So I so yeah so I I reached out to you then to ask you to be on my first podcast. Yeah, and we talked about the iPad and we stayed in touch. I think we hit it off really well in the air. Yeah, and then you were writing for a website at the time that I started doing some app reviews for as well. Yeah, and we were uh, coworkers. We went from there. We did our first show together on Genius, which we've now brought back. If you're not listening to, shame on you. Mm-hmm. And then we did the 512 podcast, which is the precursor to the prompt. And uh, we just went from there. So it started with an interview, and now we have a company together. (laughs) That's how these things go, kids. Watch out when you're doing those interviews, because (laughs) you might end up tied to someone for the rest of your life. Um, Next up, from Danny. Danny asked, do any of you use Marco's fancy file matching tool? So this is something he's been speaking about on uh, ATP a bunch. The, the tool that he uses to take WAV files and match them up to affect Drift. I don't do it because I can't use command line stuff properly. Um, I use it a little bit if I run into trouble, but most of the time the stuff I'm editing, I only, so I only edit behind the scenes. I only edit currently Ungenius and Lift Off, and they're both short, and they're both only two people, so generally I can do it manually and, and I'm fine. So a couple people just mentioned in the chat room, did we say that Federico wasn't here today? I don't think we did. Federico's at the beach. Yeah, he's on summer vacation right now. I think he's writing his iOS review in the sand. So this year, this is a special feature uh, for <laughs> local Club Max Stories members. You just go read his review. It's being written on a beach. He's writing it with a stick in the sand. So that's that, going to be nice. That seems like a not a good way to back up your text. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. He's taking drone photos of it. Yeah, so Federico's on holidays. So it's just the two of us today. Sorry, Federico. Uh, Kate wanted to know, what has the experience of running Relay been like compared to, to what you expected when you started? So this morning, me and Stephen were being a little misty-eyed, and we were talking about the day before we launched. So the day before we launched, we had like a, a letter that we published yeah. at Relay.fm. Week, week before. Week before. And it kind of just said what... Because we, we hadn't spoken about what we were doing. We When we left 5x5, five five, we just went quiet for a bit to get this stuff ready. And then about a month later, we published this website, which had just this open letter on it. And it kind of said who we were and what we were doing. Um, what we were looking to try and achieve with Relay FM, and then it listed the shows, and it was uh, analog, which was the first new show, connected, virtual, inquisitive, and the pen addict. They were our five shows. So that's the thing that I can't believe now is we have like twenty five nearly. So we have five times the amount of shows, many more hosts than that. Um, maybe six or seven times the amount of hosts, if not more. Uh, and it's kind of a daunting thing to think about now if I was to go back then and tell myself that. Like, we're able to manage it pretty nicely now because we kind of, we're in the flow of things and we're in the groove. But it's uh, it's a funny thing to think back to the five that we started with and that being like an impossible number and the size of a company. <laughs> and now we have over 20. I think the big change in experience is that we are both now doing it as our jobs and where when we started relay we both had nine to five jobs and we were doing it after work 
in the evenings, on weekends. And and now, as of a year ago, we're both in it full time. And that, that's been a huge change. And because of that, we're, we've been able to grow it the way we have. If we were still having nine to five jobs, there's no way Relay would have 25 podcasts. So the funny thing is, though, like, I never had a doubt in my mind that it would be my job one day. Like, this would do it. Like, I was convinced. Otherwise, I, you know, I would never have done this. Like, if I didn't think that this was going to be the thing, we would have never have started it. And I know that, like, it was difficult, and I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I really believed we could do it. But it happened quicker, much quicker for both of us than I expected. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a couple of years, but I was, I was convinced that this would be the path for both of us. Yep, same. Uh, Oz asked, if you could have any guest in the world for any show on your network, who would it be and why? Do you have one? I was thinking you might have someone space-related or something. I mean, I have some dreams for particular shows. So, like, um, it'd be fun to have some astronauts like Tim Peake or, um, uh, you know... Chris Hadfield. Chris Hadfield on Liftoff. That'd be a lot of fun. On this show, you know, it, it always... It would be really daunting but it would be fun to talk to an apple executive not that we would get anything you know amazing out of them but it would be a real honor and it would be like a real like holy cow type moment but you know i don't hang my hat on any of those things i'm proud of everything we do now like i don't i don't consider having something like that on a show like an actual goal like it'd be amazing but it's not something i strive for i mean you know there are certain apple executives of course we'd love to talk to mine would be i've uh, speak to Jonathan Ive. Yeah. Sir Jonathan Ive. Wow. Put that um, in there. Yep. And then maybe somebody like Stephen Fry, you know, is, is someone I've always wished that I could talk to. Um, and also for me, Adam Savage. They kind of... Yeah. They're like the, the people that... I'll second you on Adam Savage. If I could talk to Adam Savage, Stephen Fry, and Johnny Ive, I would be pretty, I'd be pretty happy. There you go. So uh, as a company, uh, we tried our best to make money um, some of that is through sponsorship, which we do. Some of that is through membership, which we'll talk about later. But one of the things we have to do with all of that is send our invoices, and we use FreshBooks for that, and they are our sponsor for this week. Nice. It's a good segue, right? It's good. FreshBooks are on the mission to help small business owners save time and avoid the stress that comes in running their businesses, and I, we can completely attest to the fact that they do this every single week. I am happy that I use FreshBooks because their invoicing is so pain-free. You can get an invoice set up and sent out in 30 seconds. It saves all. You can save in all of the different line items. So, like, I have all of our shows saved into FreshBooks. So I just choose the show, and it fills out the prices and everything automatically. All of our clients, all of the companies that we bill, that's all saved in there. It's so so simple to get them sent out. And what our sponsors love is we make it really easy for them to pay us because with FreshBooks, you can integrate so many different ways. You can integrate card payments, PayPal payments. They have their own payment information. You can put on how to be paid by check, how to be paid by bank transfer. You can put all of this stuff front and center on the invoice. And this is why FreshBooks customers get paid five days faster on average. We were laughing about this the other day. Uh, FreshBooks pays so quickly which is really funny to me. Like as a company, they pay us super quick. And it's because they love their invoices as much as we love sending them. FreshBooks can also help you keep track of your expenses. You can automatically import your bank transactions for easy reconciliation. I know Stephen lives in that section. Um, They have great reports. So I like their reports. I can log in and on my dashboard at FreshBooks, it tells me who is 60 days overpayment, who is 90 days overpayment. So I know just at a glance where the money is and what I need to do about it. And I can also get automatic uh, chases set up on the invoices. You know when people have looked at them and you can have automatic reminders sent as well. If you bill anybody for anything, they also do time tracking as well, you should check out FreshBooks. It is absolutely fantastic. I wouldn't want to use anything else. And I don't say this about everything, right? Like a sponsorship is not us saying, like we don't come in here and just say, oh, I love this more than anything in the world. But this is how I feel about FreshBooks. It is something you should be trying. Go to freshbooks.com slash connected. Use the code connected in the how you heard about us section so they know that you came from this show. You get 30 days of unrestricted use by going to freshbooks.com slash connected. No credit card required for that trial at all. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for their support of this show and Relay FM. Kevin wants to know which of us is Batman and which is Robin. So I was thinking about this. I think you would be Batman because you're way more active 
than I am and probably stronger. I am out fighting crime at night. Yeah, and I don't do any of the crime fighting. And my voice sounds like Batman. That's true. Can you just say it like, I'm Batman? I'm Batman. It's perfect. Where's the trigger? (laughs) But you have your own answer. (laughs) I think Casey is Robin. And we're both Batman. There you go. We share the Batman duties and Casey is our Robin. No, no, that's that's a pretty good question. The bigger question... I think is uh, I'm going to deviate from the document. Okay, is if you like what super per- hero? I guess like, who would you want to be? Want to be? Yeah, it feels I would be Spider Man. Why? Because Spider Man, he his powers aren't so much that they completely take over his life, right? It, like there are some superheroes where their superpower makes a physical change to their life, which is unwieldy like, the thing, right? Or, like, Superman is huge. He's, like, this big, huge guy. Spider-Man is just a regular-sized regular dude, and he has all these awesome powers. He has this strength 10 times uh, of his size, right, which is awesome. And he can web around the city and climb up walls. I like it. Spidey sense. That'd be good. Spider-Man's the one. Hmm. What about you? Um, I think it'd probably be Batman. Because, like, Batman has no powers right he's just like a rich guy with that's gadgets. what i don't like about batman oh we're just gonna move on yeah um chris asked because you're drinking water this time yep is there anything you would like to talk about the upcoming year for relay that we should get excited about uh i think i think the only thing that i can say that we're definitely gonna do Uh-oh. that is not giving anything away okay is a bigger relay con yes so there will be more than one RelayCon event next year. Same that we will be doing another RelayCon event in Atlanta mm-hmm. for the Pan Addict, which was the first ever RelayCon, and then we will do another RelayCon WWDC uh, during, like in, in San Francisco for WWDC week, and we will get a bigger venue for that. Yes, and I would hope that we by the end of the year would be able to do one more. Yeah, I would agree with all that. You know, San Francisco, we had 150 tickets. We had 400 people on the waiting list currently. I mean, clearly we could go bigger. Yep. Um, we just wanted to start small. Even that small event was expensive. We, and we needed wanted to... to do something we could cope with. Yeah. Um, and, and you did an amazing job of it. So I'm, Thank you. I'm confident that you could. Well, Batman's really good at planning parties. That's true. That's, that's one. <laughs> that is his actual superpower. <laughs> so uh, Rosemary mentioned that the London meetup was fun. I'm, I'm not going to say this right now but i might try and do a show next year um in in london like a live show yeah yeah i think it'd be fun because that's the thing we have meetups and we have relay cons yeah, relay we, con we is when there's a show yeah meetups is just when we're hanging out so by the way uh i'm gonna be in new york this weekend um i'm gonna be doing a little meetup in new york city um on sunday i can't make it no you, you weren't invited wow uh on sunday what is sunday the 21st sure uh, it's at noon, Eastern time, New York time, at this place. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, very set up for this. Yeah. Uh, it's called uh, Beer Beer Authority. Um, I'll put a link to my my tweet about this in the show notes. But I'm going to be doing a little meetup uh, in in New York. Cause I'm going to be in New York this weekend. So cool. But yeah. So we do those, and they're not relay con events, but we're going to try and do more relay con events. So, uh, yeah, you can look out for those. That's something that we know we're going to do and is not a big surprise. Walker asked, when you set metrics for a new show or goals, do you set the goals for downloads or sponsors or like for sponsor code uses or something else? So when we have a new show, we don't set goals. We don't say to the hosts, you have to hit 20,000 downloads for this show to exist because there are many reasons to have a show. Um, not all of them are audience size Uh, not all of them are topic there's many reasons and a lot of the time for us it's like if it feels right and we can handle a new show of that type um, or if you know it's a topic area we want to go into so we don't set goals we have metrics for each show that we consider to be a success for that show Um, like the level of which the pen addict is successful within its field is maybe greater than this show, even though the audience is smaller. Because if you think about the amount of people that there are that love pens, and then the amount of people that love pens that understand technology enough to want to listen to a podcast about it, we've probably got the majority of that audience. Yeah. Where whilst this show is a success, 
we don't have the majority of the technology audience. Right. So like this show isn't as big as ATP, right? There was room to grow there, but I don't they think there is any show in the world about pens that is bigger than the pen addict. So different shows have different goals depending on that show. So we don't have a specific metric that we set. Is that fair? I think so, yeah. Graham asked, uh, what is the most terrifying and most exciting relay-related moment in the past year? 100% RelayCon is all of those things. RelayCon San Francisco, I was terrified Yeah. Um, about everything, 100% of the time. Um, but it was also one of the greatest moments of my life. Like, that whole thing, doing all of that, it was just fantastic. So... Yeah, I think I think past RelayCon, I guess it's longer than a year now, but when we launched shows like Mac Power Users or like the the summer pilots that became Cortex and Rec Diffs, like those were all big moments as well. Yep. You know, could we bringing Jeff to the network of Presentable is another one for me. Yeah, um, Jeff is uh, Jeffrey Veen is such a uh, renowned person in his field um, in design. Uh, having Jeff as part of the network was is been a really really great thing for me at the past year as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, as a new show. I mean, I love all of our shows, um, but we're able to with presentable break into some new new kind of worlds, and and uh, it's really renowned within the design world. Like some of the people that he talks to, like executives at Facebook and Spotify, somebody who works in the Hillary Clinton campaign. Yeah, it's amazing guest list. Yeah, it's it's a totally different type of show. Somebody said that it has a different feel, which it does. It does have a different feel, and it's that's completely on uh, Jeff is is naturally very very good at this. And uh, if you're not listening to Presentable, you should check it out because even if design isn't your thing so much, it's just they're just fascinating discussions. So uh, that's been another cool thing for me this year. Um, I can't think what what other shows have we launched this year. I mean, Free Agents is really good. You should go check out Free Agents. That's a new show. Canvas is another great addition. We uh, Disruption was the rebrand from Isometric. My word. Is Less Than or Equal this year? I feel like it's been in the last year. Yeah. Um, that's a great show that uh, we're happy to have that on the network and have a lean. Remaster was the rebrand from Virtual. Thoroughly Considered. Congratulations to Studio Neat guys on the uh, Glyph Kickstarter. Top four and yeah. Under the Radar. Yeah, they're both co- or Under the Radar is coming up on a year. Yep. Yeah, it's cr- we've it's been crazy. I think we like doubled this year. Yeah, just about. Uh, that's not going to happen next year. It agreed. can't. Yeah, agreed. It can't. It, it's not that we wouldn't want to. We just can't. There's there, there's no way we could be able to handle that. So, yeah, I'm really happy. I love all the shows that we've added in the last year. I think we have. I mean, as you would like to assume from making it bigger, but we have a, a very, I think, impressive, stable roster of shows and hosts right now. Um, which actually brings me to a great question from Yasmin, who's one of the hosts of Material. Yasmin is great to ask this type of question, and I'm pleased that she did. What things are you doing to ensure your network is diverse and goes beyond white men talking about Apple? So, there's a couple of things here I don't want to address. The Apple part of it, uh, that is just where our network centers. And we have shows that break outside of Apple. Um, I think now we probably have, well, we definitely have more shows that are focused on other things other than Apple technology. Right. But one of the things, the perceptions of people is that the people that talk about whatever it is they're talking about, they tend to be focused more in the Apple world. Like, like, like Reconcilable Differences has John Syracuse on it. Yep. Top four has Marco on it. Yeah, but Marco and Tiff never talk about Apple stuff. Right. So there is a there is a perception, um, and it, that is just about changing the host that we have. But there's also mm. something to be said for fitting within a topic area, right? It's so like Material has somebody who is a prominent iOS developer and a prominent iOS commentator, as you know that, that. So Russell and Andy are both still prominent in the Apple world as well as in the Google world. So. That, that that we're kind of we're in that area. I'm not too fussed about really trying to break outside of that. But there are more important things in Yasmin's question for me, uh, like the diversity part and the white and the men part. So I think that we have made some really great strides from a gender perspective. We're not where we would like to be. We would like to be fifty fifty or as close to fifty fifty as we can be. Uh, but we've, I think that, I, I mean, I'm going to say this. I believe that Relay FM is better than the tech podcast industry as a whole at gender diversity. Yeah. But 
there's still more that we want to do to try and get to our goal. We have been at 50-50, and then it's diverged from that, and now we're trying to get back closer to that again. So one of the things that we do, and we're doing it now more than ever, is when we have new shows in the works, we are looking at every decision that we make into how it will affect our diversity balance. So we were talking about we were having a new show that we were working on, a new idea. This will have one host, most likely, and then maybe some contributors to it. So we would want the contributors to be diverse. And also, if we bring this person in, and we have them do this show, how will it affect our diversity balance? And what other changes do we need to make to the network to then balance that out? So right now, we have a show in the works that I'm going to be a part of with where we're bringing in one new female host and my other co-host will be female as well. So that's I Love to Test, which we've spoken about and there's been a pilot of that show. So that is bringing a new woman to the network and also making one new show that has two female hosts. So that's something that we're excited about. We're working with one other woman on a new show and we have uh, some ideas and some people that we're considering contacting in the near future which are female to try and help balance that out. We then have to start thinking more about our racial diversity. But right now we're focusing on gender because it's the thing that we can affect easiest, quickest. So it's it's hard. It's really hard to find the balance because we need to balance what we feel is right and what we know we can make money with and the audience and the people that we're bringing in. Because frankly, in our world of technology, there are more men than women. And so this is something we have to try our best to surface new talent, leverage people that have great audiences so we can build shows around them. And we're trying to balance it that way. So it's super difficult. I hope that when you hear this, you can hear how much we struggle with it and how important it is to us. And I hope that when you hear me talk about these things, you can see how important we do genuinely feel it is and how we believe that we have a part to play to try and make it better. Yeah, absolutely. And we didn't get it right at launch. And, no, it took us some time. And um and looking back, that was that was wrong on our part and we continue to strive to, to Thankfully to the that. world is different now in in technology and uh this stuff is highlighted more and it is through having people like Yasmin on the network who do hold us to task. And whilst that is difficult it's something that I am very thankful that we have, that we have people in our uh, roster of hosts that look out for this stuff with us and suggest it. I mean, that's how we run as a company. We love everybody to be involved and to give their opinions. And we it's important to us that we try and make the best we can with that. So thank you for that question, Yasmin, and I hope that there is a suitable answer in there. Uh, Justin asked, how do you keep shows from getting stale or repetitive? And uh, Justin then complimented us that we do a great job with this. I don't think there's a magic formula. Um, I think it's about feeling it. Um, So you've got to be happy with what you're making. And if you're happy with what you're making, then you're probably doing something to try and keep it fresh. That's kind of how I feel about that. I would add to that that a lot of our shows, like this show, Connected, has really moved from a tech news show to a tech news show driven by personality. And so people come to Connected to hear the news and to hear what's going on, but also to hear our take on it and to hear the interplay between the three of us who have been doing the show for a long time together, who are all really close. And that in and of itself <clears throat> helps a show stay fresh because as our friendship evolves and as things come up in life and as you went independent and I went independent and Federico has taken on iOS reviews, like the way we frame things in the show has changed and that has just allowed us to evolve the show sort of without any like direct um, manipulation of what's going on. It's just life has evolved. And so the show has evolved. The release notes, Twitter account <laughs> of the podcast and conference asked as a release notes veteran, what is Mike's advice for Steven as he prepares for his talk? So, uh, very recently, Stephen was announced as a speaker at the Release Notes Conference, which I spoke at last year. Hopefully, I sound better. Um, I just want to say I, I keynoted. I'm just, mm, just mm, saying. Mm. Just saying. Look at uh, me. Look at me. Uh, <coughs> my advice to you, Stephen, would be, and this is to anybody who's giving any talks, and this will also be for you, Kathy, because Kathy, Mrs. Soup in the chat room, is going to be speaking at all conferences. Which is super awesome. Which I'm very excited about. Um, 
So my advice is give your talk to someone who films you. Okay. Because you give it to somebody, one person is more scary than a group of people. Yeah. And when they film you, you can watch it back, which is horrific. I bet. But it helps a lot. Uh, I would not suggest giving the talk to the person that I gave mine to, which was Gray. I'm not going to do that. Don't do that. That's horrible. Very useful, but horrible. Yeah. Uh, So I say find somebody you trust. Somebody you trust that you know will give you honest feedback. Right. He's not going to candy coated if you're not very good that's why gray was the right person for me because yeah. i trusted that he would tell me if it sucked he will um <laughs> and, but yeah the the filming part is good because it also adds a level of pressure to you as well so that would be my uh my yeah. recommendation there i'm super excited to be speaking releasing this is a great conference last year like you said your keynote is the first one it was the smoothest first conference or event I've ever been to. You would never know that it was their first time. It was amazing. They looked after me. They looked after everyone that was there. Yep. They had some really great ideas. I am very sad that I can't make it, but it's just a bad time for me on the yep. calendar. Uh, but you sh- if you haven't got a ticket to release notes, you should go. Come uh, it's good for app developers. But it's also good for anybody that has their own business. I learned some extremely valuable things that week. Me too. Um, that are staying with me today, just from people that are very smart to talk yep. about their business. And just to say, like uh, we mentioned, Stephen is a, is going there, but Stephen isn't the only really FM host that's going to be talking at release notes. Christina Warren mm-hmm. of Rocket will be there. Uh, David Sparks of Free Agents and Mac Power Users will be there as well. So. As well as some other great folk who were talking at the conference. Yeah. It's nice too to go to these some of these smaller events so like Ool, Release Notes, XOXO, um, Coco Conf, Yosemite. These events are really nice because WBDC is so busy. And if you're it's a de- different thing. And if you're a developer, like. you are in sessions. And these conferences give you a chance to meet people and to talk to people outside of a regimented schedule. It's like release notes and XO and all these things have downtime built into the schedule and you, you're supposed to mingle and meet with people. And the people that I met at release notes, people I met at XO last year who I'd only known from afar, like on Twitter or something. And you get to know them over a weekend at a conference and you leave as friends. And yep. that's, that's really cool. And that's, that's what I'm looking forward to with release notes is hanging out with some people and meeting new people. And our final question this week comes from Jimmy, and Jimmy asked, how big do you see Willie FM in two years? I have literally no idea anymore. We're bigger now than I thought we would be in two years, so I'm with you that I don't um, I don't really know. I, I, like Mike said, I don't think we're going to be doubling again as far as the number of shows, but I do think, and we said this last year, and we've been doing it, pushing into um, other topic areas. So we've got Liftoff, which is about space. We had a material a, a while ago now, but Breaking out of that mold has been important to us, and we will continue to do that um, to move away from just covering Apple and, and even consumer technology on the whole. I think we're going to start adding things to that, and um, and that's exciting to me. And so I think, I think for me, I don't think about relay size anymore, about the number of shows or the number of hosts, but the number of like topic areas or communities that relay is a part of. And for me, I think that that will continue to to grow oh lucas just asked in the chat room really the last question i was hoping someone would ask this how do we come up with the name it's terrible there was multiple days of fighting (laughs) trying to come up with names we were together for part of it yeah and then you went home and it continued (laughs) still couldn't come up with one that we both liked and then that we both liked and was available domain wise right and i couldn't remember how we landed on relay fm until recently when our designer Frank suggested, he reminded me that it was his suggestion. Relay FM was his idea because we were so stuck at that point that we asked for his help and he came up with the name Relay FM because it fit the things that we were looking for. Audio-based, technology-based, there are answers in both. And then the the idea of the relay, the, the things being passed from person to person, uh, like topics being passed from person to person, the right. shows kind of all having a link between them all, and that's the, and the even the company between us. Yep. you know, with the times are different. Yep. So we had a name before, um, 
that we both liked. In hindsight, it would have been limiting. I'm glad we didn't do it. It would have been design limiting. Yeah, but it was a um, uh, a trademark issue where it was not available, and so we went with Relay, and I have no regrets about that choice. No, I like it. I love it. It's a word that exists that you can spell. Um, one of the things that I think has changed a lot is we were very set at the start that we would always refer to it as Relay FM, always refer to it as Relay FM, and very quickly we started just referring to the company as Relay, which is fine. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's wrong, but it was just funny. Like we were so set on it, it was always going to be Relay FM. Yeah. And then I think within the first couple of days, we both just started calling it. Yeah. Relay. I try to when, when I write as the company. When I write, it's always Relay um, FM. But yeah, just in conversation, it kind of becomes Relay, and that, that's fine. Um, and you know, it's it's we get called in the press Relay FM, which that mm. one does bother me, but I can't control it. So, what are you gonna do? So before we wrap up today, I just wanted to mention again that our membership shows are now out. If yes. you are a member, you will have gotten an email that has a link uh, to the RSS feed that you can subscribe to, which will hold your member content. So this will include now uh, the, the many members-only shows that we're posting over the next couple of weeks. We have so many. We're planning to just do this into August. We have so many that we may actually be bleeding over into September yeah. a little bit now, which so, is amazing. So the connected one is up. Connected was the first one, and we've also, as of today, we've posted Analog and Bonanza. And today's one, as we record this, is the Cortex Upgrade crossover, which I am so proud of. It is amazing. We did a text adventure in the Wild West. Um, there is a trailer that's floating around. It's We've played it at Cortex, played it on Upgrade. Uh, you should... You should become a member to listen to this, even if you just... For all of these shows, actually, you should become a member so you can check them out. We hope that you'll stick around. Uh, so you can go to relay.fm slash membership to find out more and sign up. We would really appreciate that you do this. And uh, also, going forward, you know, we've done, like, show pilots and stuff um, where we've sent... we've we've We did free agents this way. We did Canvas this way. We'll be now posting those to this members-only feed, as well as some other stuff that might pop up. So this has become a, a real benefit of bec- of being a member is you get this special members-only, like, out-of-context content um, from your favorite hosts. So you can go check that out. All right. Uh, we'll be back next week. Is Federico back next week? Yeah, we're, I think we're recording late in the week. Yeah, so he'll be back from vacation. So we'll be back together as a three, provided that Stephen gets through whatever this is. Uh, and the ice come back alive from New York with uh, my arm hasn't fallen off. Uh, if you want to find the show notes for this week, head on over to relay.fm slash connected slash 104. Thanks again to our great sponsors for this week's episode, the fine folk over at FreshBooks, Pingdom, and Squarespace. If you want to find Stephen online, he is at ISMH on Twitter. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Stephen writes over at 512pixels.net. Uh, and I'm at michaelswright.com sometimes. Um, thank you so much to everyone that listens to this show, has been listening to this show over the 104 episodes and the now two years that we've been doing this thing. So uh, thank you so much to, for helping us and for, for allowing us to do this thing that we love by tuning in and supporting our sponsors and being our members and all of that stuff. I can't tell you how much it means to me uh, that, that we're able to do this and it's purely because all of you out there decide that you want to tune in to listen to us so thank you so much and uh, we'll be back next time adios